what I'm also super freaking excited, like really excited about the uh-huh. the Top Gun trailer drop. Did you watch it? I have not. I oh, haven't. And come I need, on! Look, I'm sorry. If you want, we can push pause right now. I'll hop <laughs> on YouTube real quick and watch it. Oh. We can do that. It's no, only a few okay. minutes long, right? That's okay. But I, I did realize okay. that watching that trailer, like I knew I wanted it really bad, but now I see that I need it. I it's <laughs> it's it's going to be one of the most important movies of my life. Like I cannot. So is the wait. entire trailer just them rehashing the volleyball beach scene, or oh? It looks like there's going to be, like, I'm so secure in my masculinity, the beach scene doesn't even bother me. Like, I would go out there and grease myself up with them. But I... That would totally tank the movie, just so we're... (laughs) It would bring it down a notch, yes. It's going to kill it. (laughs) But it does look like there's a a fair amount of fan service. Uh, So it looks like there's a bar scene with him playing the piano. Gotta have that. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the most important thing, though, is that I was afraid it was going to be a CG fest. So where they were just going to oh. take all the real planes out and just do CG. And it doesn't look like that's the case. It that's looks like, Yeah, it looks like it's still mostly practical effects, which is... That was my requirement for Top Gun 2. So... Okay. I'm, okay. Uh, I'm super friggin' excited, man. So... All right, with that note, welcome to the podcast, I everybody. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yes, Interrupt. welcome. Yes. No, no, no. That's fine. Go ahead. Bienvenue. Um, Welcome. Yes. We're going to yes. talk over each other a few more times. Just keep That's it going good. for a few minutes. And, uh... <laughs> Holy crap. Okay. Well, it seems like yes, we've been having a, a lot night. of beverages, but we really haven't had any. So, no. But we are having good conversation. And by good That's conversation, right. Top Gun by far qualifies that instantaneously as a good conversation. <laughs> It just I'm, does. I'm sorry I let you down. I should have known that I would that it would be in our best interest for me to have seen that uh, preview before we started talking tonight. I don't know where my head was at. My apologies on that one. I did, however, see the new Lion King movie, the new oh, version of it. What'd you think? Honestly, I thought it was it was still a good, enjoyable movie. I still liked it a lot. There were multiple times where I laughed really hard. Um. Mufasa's death scene is just as impactful in this super heavily CGI'd lion as it was in the cartoon one. And so I really liked it, but I am still ultimately kind of left with the same question I had going in, which is, why would they do this? Right? Is It, like, it looks really, like a one-for-one remake. It almost is. There are some things that are different. I feel like I can say these without them qualifying as spoilers. So the, the hyenas... And Scar, when they start working together, that's a new thing. Like, they hadn't been friends for a really long time working together, like they kind of imply in the cartoon. Okay. The hyenas actually have the Discovery Channel, if it's taught me anything about hyenas, and it certainly has, because I watch way too many uh, nature documentaries. It's that they are generally led by the alpha female who's in charge, and so they reworked the three hyenas who actually are voiced characters, and now the woman is like the alpha female of the pack, and then you've got two kind of goofy hyenas. Their roles and their lines are kind of toned down. They're not... They're still not, like, serious characters. But they're not the pure comic relief, yeah. Right, exactly. And I honestly, I kind of liked the way they handled the hyenas more in this one. 
Some of the complaints people had were just stupid to me, though. Like, the lion's faces aren't expressive. Well, they're, they're, they're lions. <laughs> if a lion smiles at you, that's not it being friendly. Yeah. Like, that's... That would break It, it seemed like a really too. weird thing to be upset about, you know? Or the idea that people were upset that when Nala and Simba have their reunion, Nala looked like a lion instead of... I don't know, whatever kind of cosplay they kind of had going on in the cartoon one where Nala's hitting him with those bedroom eyes. It's like, (laughs) that's a really weird thing to be upset about. But people were. People were losing their minds over that. And I'm like, so wait, your problem with this movie is that the female lion wasn't attractive to you, a human person. You can't put that on Disney. That's on you, sir. Yes, that's a that's something deeper that you need to look into, probably with a professional. I but we, highly Chris, recommend. Kristen and I were talking about this, too, because they just cast Ariel for The Little Mermaid, and it's a black girl. Yeah. And people right. are going bonkers over it. And you know, Yeah, we because everyone knows it. real mermaids are white. <laughs> but that was the thing. I, we were, I was like, <laughs> we were talking about it. I was like, I think they're supposed to be French. Yeah, because of the, the chef and everybody like that, right? So they're... Under the well, real world is in France, but the undersea world, okay. I was like, cool. the un- they're they're mermaids. They're they're not French, so they can be whatever color, you know, green, blue, it doesn't matter. I was like, but the thing yeah. is, is that people have a picture in their mind, and as right. soon as you jack with that picture in their mind, like it has nothing to do with the girl being black. It really doesn't. It has to do with the picture that it's someone the fact has. That she doesn't in their have brain. like red hair. She doesn't look like the Ariel they grew up with. Right, and that's the weirdest thing is like we want. This nostalgia, but then we trash it completely because it wasn't exactly what we want. Like, just go watch the cartoon if that's what you want. Exactly. So. Exactly. But then again, that's my whole point on these whole remakes. I'm not on board oh, yeah, for these no. remakes. I, so. No, the, the only explanation I've heard that makes sense, and I don't know whether it's true because I don't care enough to look it up, but I was told basically that after so many years, if they don't do anything with the property then it becomes a, like the copyright is no longer binding and so other people could use the intellectual properties from it. Right. I, I can go with that. That that will justify that. I'll let that justify it in my brain because otherwise I have no good reason for them to be rehashing all this stuff and doing it poorly. To just continue ripping up my childhood and yes, lightly like... warming it up in the microwave and ruining it. <laughs> in the middle, still cold. Yeah, exactly. Still an ice cube in the middle. Did you have anything good to drink? I did, actually. In fact, I've got the can in front of me right now just because I really kind of like it. I should probably post a picture of it when... uh, I will, in fact, on Wednesday. I'll I'll post a picture of the can. Uh, I had this. It's from La Cumbre, which is a great name for a brewery. It's in New Mexico. It's And it's called their Riot IPA. Not spelled R-I-O-T, but spelled instead R-Y-E-O-T because it's an IPA that has a lot of rye as part of what they're using in the malts and everything. I love a good pun. I do too. And so the, the can itself, again, it's really cool. It's kind of this, it's very New Mexico, very gold and then some blacks and reds for the colors and accents. And I really enjoy, so their slogan apparently for their brewery is get elevated, which is all around the top. And then at the bottom of the can, it says elevate this end written upside down so that <laughs> you just know when you're pouring it, this is the one you're supposed to lift, which I, I, I'm not normally a big fan of having my intelligence insulted, but for some reason, I really kind of enjoyed it on this. But overall, it's a... 
So it is definitely an IPA. It's got a really good hoppiness to it. Like it is very kind of hop forward. You are tasting those. They're not particularly citrusy. If you don't like IPAs, this is not going to be one of those ones that's like a compromise for you. It's a much darker color, though. Like when I poured it into the glass, it actually had the... It looked like an amber. It was a much darker IPA than I'm used to seeing. And it did have that thing that... We talked about this last week, too, when we were talking about the uh, State 48 and the one that they had. I love when they use rye in alcohols. Like it just brings... That little change, that subtle, sharp bite to an otherwise familiar flavor. It's a really solid beer, and I strongly recommend it. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, I'll have to figure out rye. I haven't... I'm still learning my my base grains, so I'm going to stick with that for a little while. And then... Fair enough. Check out some rye. But rye is so weird, especially in bread. Like, if, if I'm not having something super, super savory... The rye just yeah, it's a bit pungent for me. That's fair. So, That's fair. It's a and it's definitely one of those acquired. Like some people like it, some people don't. It's, there's not a whole lot of like, oh yeah, I could take it or leave it. It's it's either yes right. or no. Exactly. So, so short story long, I have been in this uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> ridiculous uh, position of buying coffee. So like when we went to San Diego, I took all the restrictions off and I just bought coffee everywhere i went and okay. then i came home and then i was still in the habit of buying coffee so i have like all these different roasters worth of coffee to the point where Kristen looks at me and goes you have to stop buying coffee and i said <laughs> okay all right fine so i've i've toned down the buying of the coffee and now i've ramped up the drinking of the coffee and, uh, right, so, because you've got all this coffee you've bought. Yeah, for some reason I was just collecting it. I wasn't even like drinking it. I just it's all in my cabinet. Uh, uh, so Brandon I'm, playing Pokemon Go with coffee. <laughs> it's gotta close. catch them all. Uh, but I I busted open the Cat and Cloud coffee. So I bought a bag from them because they're and this is a little shout out for anybody who wants to get onto some social activism. They're being sued by the com- by Caterpillar. You know the company that has the big yellow tractors this is so absurd they're being sued for their use of cat in their name and so caterpillar's trying to bully them basically they bullied like a bunch of small businesses out of their use of the word cat and so they're trying to basically make it so that they can't put anything out with the word cat on it of course caterpillar is saying that they're not suing them or, or they're not bullying them of course not but they just want them to remove the trademark that they legally got by way of lawsuit so they had a they had a sale which, by the way, there is all kinds of stuff out there if you want to support that. They had a sale to raise money for all the legal fees and all the stuff that because they're fighting it through and through. Like they, they're the ones who said, you know what, we're not doing this anymore. And so they've been going crazy all over the news and everything. And so they needed to raise some money and they put a sale on on the website. So they did like a ten percent discount and free shipping. So I was like. Yeah, I can support your cause for ten percent off and free shipping. <laughs> well, you know that you exactly. have ninety percent of my support. <laughs> that's that's my social activism right there. Um, and so I bought a bag, and it is a oh, I'm gonna screw it up. It's a three bean blend. I know it's Ethiopian, Brazil, and then I think it's a Colombian. Either way, it's a three bean blend, and it's a lot. Lighter than I was expecting it. I was expecting them to come in a little bit darker because they talk about roasting a little bit, developing a little bit more. But then I remembered that they're up there by San Francisco, and San Francisco is kind of 
the home of the light roast. And so, oh, gotcha. If they're roasting, theirs is probably like French roast compared to what Dragon San Francisco is doing. Like they do super light, super acidic, really bright coffees. Gotcha. And so this this one was really good though because the three beans blended fairly well. So you have this chocolate base, and then the other the Colombian, I think it was, brought in like a caramel sweetness in the middle, and then the Ethiopian brought in a fruit note at the end. So it was really good. It was one of those ones where I drank two or three cups in the morning and then went and did something, came back, took the rest of the pot, poured it on ice, and drank it through the rest of the day because that like fruit note makes it really good on ice. So nice. it was it was really good. They They roasted some excellent coffee. It makes sense that they're doing as well as they are. And I do hope that they make it out of this whole lawsuit crap with uh, their brand intact because Seriously. Uh, they're, they're doing really cool stuff from a coffee shop. Like, they're one of the few coffee roasters out there trying to make it to where uh, the people working for them can have a life. So it's yeah. like, you know, they offer ownership and like a lot of benefits that most coffee shops don't. Most coffee shops tend to treat their employees as just disposable. And so, you know, it's a punk kid. You bring him in, he slings some coffee for you. He skips out on for school date and then you fire him you know that's kind of the the mo of the coffee shop and they're trying to make it like a real uh career per se so if you need some good coffee i would i would recommend them for sure if not they have a podcast on coffee and business which is pretty good overall i enjoy the brand and i hope they continue to do well and the coffee's good so i would uh definitely recommend that very cool man so it's monday you uh, did you go back to class today was it like today your first? No, no, day? no. I got a little bit. I got a little bit time left. Uh, so next week on Wednesday is the day that oh. the teachers have to report for our schools. Okay. I thought it was today for some. And reason. then I've, a lot of the schools are starting up next Monday is when the teachers have to report for their stuff. But our school, for reasons that defy human understanding, are starting everything on Wednesdays. So, like, Wednesday, we'll go in for training and for getting our classroom set up. And then the following Wednesday, the kids will come to class for the first time. Now, that Monday night before, the parents and students will come in for kind of our meet-the-teacher night and everything. So that's still two weeks from today, though. Okay. All right. Which is good, because that means I'll have the opportunity. I'm going out to Denver for my sister's Mm. 30th birthday a little bit early. We're going to go out there, spend the weekend hanging out with her and some of her other friends, celebrating her decade milestone. That'll be good. That'll be really good. Yeah. There's lots of craft beverages there, man. Oh, yes. No doubt about it. How are you feeling about uh, your summer vacation? I'm going to try not to... I'm going to try to hide jealousy in my voice that you still have a summer vacation. <laughs> like, it doesn't even, like, well, compute you, in my brain anymore. You know, it. It's been it's been good. I've enjoyed it. But... I, you know, it's kind of one of those things where as I am now a week and a half basically away from having to go back to work and I'm looking back on the fact that I've had these two months off of June and July, because literally my first day back is July 31st. So I will have had those two months off and it's like there were all kinds of things that I was totally going to accomplish or maybe accomplish isn't even necessarily the right word, but things that I was going to do. Like, I'm even as we're recording right now, I'm looking over at my bookshelf, and I have all of these books hmm. that I was like, you know what? I need to dive back in on these this summer. And it's weird, 
based on the dust on the books, I'm fairly confident I haven't actually read any of them during that time. (laughs) That's the downside to having a long break. It's one of those things, man. Like, it's really, really easy to tell yourself, oh, you know what? I've got time to get to that. And so now, in my defense, I did do some reading, but that was on my Kindle. So Mm -hmm. my books didn't get moved. Uh, And there's nothing wrong with the fact that I was rereading the Lord of the Rings trilogy or the series, really, because it wasn't originally intended to be three books, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, like there's nothing wrong with the fact that I was reading that again. No. But there's a lot of stuff that I've got over here that are books that I've been meaning to read for a long time that would realistically have been better for my growth as a person, which was kind of the goal. Because I was reading The Lord of the Rings as a pleasure read. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But I should have been doing something else as well. Uh, I actually just ordered from one of our favorite tweeter follows. And one of the people who I interact with almost more than anyone on there. Tea with Tolkien. I ordered her book, The Two Middle Earth and Back Again. And so the next time I read through it, which will probably be before too much longer as the kids start driving me nuts and I need something for the sake of my sanity... Hmm. It's like actually a prayerful journal reflection type thing, like a companion book to going through it. Yep. And so if I had been using something like that, even it would have changed it significantly for me. But when I look back on these last two months and I think about the volume of time that I spent playing video games, watching sports talk shows that I didn't really care about just getting mad at some of the opinions on them and everything. I'm like, man, this was, this was a less than ideal use of my time. And don't you feel, you almost feel like dirty afterwards. You're like, I need to go wash my hands. I can't believe I just sat there and wasted all of this time on nothing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like I had all this time to do wonderful things. And instead I did what would be at, best for the most part again there are exceptions i don't want to paint my summer as being too incredibly bleak but most of my summer was spent doing what would be best case scenario brain neutral activities why do you lean into brain neutral which means killing your brain slowly because there is no neutral when it comes to the brain right exactly you're either moving forward or that's entirely accurate so what do you think makes you lean into that versus grabbing that book mostly just ease of access like it's Mm. kind of one of well actually no i take that back it's not so much the ease of access it's it's the habits that i've built because during the school year when things are busy and when i'm stressed out and i get home and i've only got probably an hour or two that I'm going to be spending doing something for myself. Mm -hmm. My default that I go to is I want to just shut my brain off. I've spent all day thinking and in these stressful situations and things. And so sometimes I'll read, but most of the time instead I'll either turn on the TV or I'll play a video game or something like that. It's the potato chips for your brain. Exactly. And so, and again, in that context, it's not necessarily a bad thing or a problem because we do need that sometimes. But because that's the habit I've built up so strongly that that's what I'm going to spend my time on, when I have a lot more time, I just do a lot more of that. Right. Because I don't, I'm not used to having to structure my own full days. So much of my daily schedule is already set for me. 
And so when I come and now all of that is wide open, unfortunately, I haven't trained myself to make the best decisions. It's hard. It's super hard. So, like, I remember when, because Kristen's decompression comes from TV. Like, that's just her. Right. That's where she does it. She sits down and just watches a show, and that's how she relaxes. That's her. Everybody's got their own thing. I don't know that I have a thing, because when I sit, I remember when we were sitting down, we were watching TV. At the end of it, I'm usually just frustrated because there was so much stuff I wanted to get done, but didn't get done because I was sitting there watching TV. But then at the same time, if I go, 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 then I end up burning myself out. And then I I end up, because I'm me, I end up being grouchy and super tired because I've just been burning the candle at both ends. And so there's this right. point in which you're kind of stuck in how do you decompress and relax and get all of the crap from the day out, but not move into laziness, I guess, where we're talking laziness being where you're sitting there rotting your brain, you're not being productive. You think you're being you think you're relaxing but you're really just wasting or you're deflecting. Yes. It's really more of a deflection than it is a relax relaxation. So, it's kind of like where where do you end up in those things? Is it different for everybody to a certain extent? So, like really what we're talking about though, what this really comes down to is like you said, we can't burn the candle at both ends. We are built for leisure. Like, leisure is one of the defining traits of human development and advancement. Anytime that humanity has made a significant step forward, it's been something largely born out of a rise in leisure. But the problem is, what we've just been talking about, like with my summer being an excellent example of it, is that there's a huge difference between what leisure actually is and is actually supposed to be Mm -hmm. and how most of us view it because most of us when we think about having a leisurely day we're talking about the british open was just on this past weekend so if it had been the u.s open and on at a an hour more friendly to american viewers on sunday (laughs) then it would have been no shock for a lot of people to claim they were having a leisurely day by getting up going to church, and then sitting on their couch for six to eight hours watching golf, fading in and out of consciousness. Because I don't care what you say, no one who watches golf all day stays awake for all of it. It's impossible. (laughs) Golf is a game designed to enhance your nap, and you cannot convince me otherwise. (laughs) And so for most of us, when we think of leisure, that's the stuff we think of, is let me just kick back and not do anything. Right. And in small doses, that can be true. But for the sake of clarity, I want to just actually hit some dictionary-style definitions real quick on the difference between leisure and that idea of being idle, just not doing anything. Okay. So leisure is time free from the demands of work and duty, normally for the pursuit of a hobby. Idleness is just being lazy and inactive. And I want to point out that this is not me paraphrasing a definition. This is the actual dictionary definition on dictionary.com for idleness is being lazy and inactive. So leisure is designed and what we're designed to use it for is like you said, kind of that recharge. So a good example of leisure for me was when I was in seminary, I took this class called Spinoza and the Stoics. Now... 
if you're not a philosophy nerd, most of that doesn't mean anything to you. You might be used to hearing the word stoic, but it means something a little bit different than how we normally associate it. Mm -hmm. We think of stoics as just being, if someone's stoic, they just don't have much in the way of emotional reaction. Stern-faced, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas stoicism is its own really fairly in-depth ancient Greek school of philosophy that I'm not going to go to in-depth here. And Spinoza was a more Enlightenment-aged philosopher who wrote the most painful philosophy I've ever had to read. (laughs) And considering that most philosophy is not necessarily a light and easy read, that's saying something. I don't know if you remember in high school doing geometry proofs where you had to say, where you had to like basically write out paragraphs going from some theorem to a new conclusion. Yeah, those were the worst. Yeah, that's how he wrote his entire book of philosophy. (laughs) No, like literally, that was his model for it. Which, from a logical perspective, you can kind of see how it could be a very nice, easy, systematic way to approach it, but it made the read painful, and the fact that his philosophy was also painful didn't help. But so, at one point, after I had been reading a couple of his proofs in his own words, I just realized I was completely fried and I needed desperately to be doing something else. And I had bought years before the complete C.S. Lewis Chronicles of Narnia, Mm -hmm. all seven books. And the only one I had ever read prior to that was The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. But I was looking at those books on my bookshelf and I was like, you know what? I just need to read something different. I need to read something enjoyable Mm -hmm. and uplifting. And so I grabbed The Magician's Nephew, because in this set, it was the new numbering system, so where that was the first book. Right. And I read that, and as it turns out, what ended up happening was that I was enjoying that so much, and this didn't pull me out of my studies. I still stayed up on my reading for classes and stuff like that. Right. But actually, within about a week, I had read all seven books of the Chronicles of Narnia. And it was such a recharge for me. It really did just help bring me out of this kind of malaise and funk that I was in. And it was a good productive use of my time. I grew as a person as a result of doing this. And I was more prepared and capable of doing the tasks that were my job, my vocation at that point in my life. Right, right. So, like, that's a good example of leisure. Yeah, and it's something that keeps the mind stimulated. So, uh, I remember when I was stuck with writer's block. Like, I, I was, I had an idea for a short story I wanted to write, but I couldn't formulate it much past like the initial thought and emotion that I had connected to it. So right. I could, I could not figure it out, and I decided to stop and hike Thunderbird Mountain, and so I was. As I'm hiking, because you're, it sucks. It's hot and it's uphill, and so you're like huffing and puffing, and so like your your mind almost, your logical brain almost shuts down because it's focused on breathing and hiking. Yeah, but, but then you're, it's still very stimulating, and so your deep brain just kind of kicks into gear, and it's and it's cranking through all of these things. And I worked out almost an entire my, my whole outline for my short story in that hike. Just because it was leisure in that I didn't have a demand. I I wasn't under any deadlines. I didn't have anything going on. My body was active. 
my mind was still active. It's not like I was just turning everything off to decompress because that doesn't help. Like you have to engage other parts of your body because what happens is we get so focused on one side of us that that starts to drain. And so when you remove it, when you move over to something else, whether it's physical or if you're doing philosophy and you do something creative, uh, when you rebalance it, you find that your energy comes back up in the thing that you were working on before. And so it's like a net positive all around, even though you think that I need to sit still and recharge that's the opposite of what happens. What you need to do is rebalance so that everything is functioning properly, not out of balance from overworking a, a specific area type of a thing. True. Although I will say at the same time, like I don't want to completely slam the door on the idea of having some time sitting around literally not doing anything. That can be really good too. Mm, but that it's one doesn't a question do it for of me. for much. Yeah. Well, so like if I get more than 15 minutes, to be honest with you, like I, when I could actually know, If I'm sitting still with nothing to do, it will actually stress me out more. Well, so, but I would, I might say that that would, in fact, let me take that back. I would say (laughs) that that's an area for growth because realistically, what is prayer? Prayer is you sitting there in the presence of God and you've got to be willing to listen to God as well, which means you're going to need some time where you're not doing anything. That whole idea of God speaking in that still quiet whisper. And I'm not talking about like setting aside an hour for it or anything like that. Well, but necessarily. See, so that that sounds, but that's the sim, same thing as saying like reading would be doing nothing. You know, like you are still doing something ev- even though not your body is not moving. So like when I say doing nothing, I'm talking about like not having my body or mind engaged in anything. Like that Also, actually, I would argue that that's actually a, that's a human impossibility. Well, we're not talking the ultimate, you know, the ult, not uh, absolute here. But I'm just saying, if there's a period of time, Saturdays and Sundays, every once in a while, it happens between like one and two. If there's nothing to do, there's nothing on, and I'm just sitting there, my stress level actually increases versus going down. And I get that. But again, that that's what I'm saying is that that's not what I'm talking about. The idea of not doing anything, having your brain and your body both completely inactive that's that's literally death and so if you're in a situation that comes close to simulating that watching tv is close to simulating that well it depends because you say that but at the same time like when you're watching daredevil for example i know that's a a series you really enjoyed when you're watching Daredevil, you are mentally engaged in that as you're trying to figure out what's coming next. Wait a minute, where did this come from? And so the brain can be engaged in some of those activities. Fair. Watching reality so, TV. How about that? Okay. Because <laughs> like watching, no, watching, you're right. Watching Daredevil is stimulating for me as a writer because it's very well executed both on, mm-hmm. on multiple levels. And so, yeah, I'm analyzing as I'm watching. But like I remember there's a time in which we – stumbled across uh, the show where they uh, were buying storage units and then selling. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And then we just like blinked and there was like three hours later. And I was like, Oh, we just watched three hours of storage wars. Like, yep. why did, why did we do that? Like, and there was literally no brain activity happening whatsoever for three hours. <laughs> and so again, that I would say one, at, when we've crossed into that point, now we're into idleness, Right. But again, what programs will be – it's not like we can come out here and have – there is no strict program for leisure. 
Because if there were, right. then that would now be responsibilities and duties and would be work and wouldn't be restful. So, like, for some people, man, I've got some friends and I can't claim to understand it, but they freaking love that Bachelor or Bachelorette show, whichever one happens to be on in a given season. And, yeah, if I were to have that on, to me, that's mindless stuff. Yeah. But for some of them, they're so wrapped up in trying to, th- trying to like, realistically, what they're doing is basically amateur psychiatry or psychology as they're analyzing <laughs> all of these people and how it's going to go. And for me... Like, largely when I'm, if something like that is on, my psychoanalyst analysis tends to kind of end with the idea of, wow, this is super shallow and vapid. Yeah. And then it just kind of ends there because that's the, like, if I've reached that conclusion, I no longer have any interest in the rest of it. Right. But, you know, for some of them, the those personal level dramas and politics are really intriguing for them. And so who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. it could be. Yeah. No, but, that's true. Yeah. But, but ultimately that... That experiential side of it is how we know what we're doing in terms of whether it's idleness or actual leisure. Like, you know at the end of doing something. Like you said, when you realized three hours had passed watching Storage Wars, you're like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell anyone a single thing about what happened during these three hours, (laughs) either on the TV or in the world around me. I was basically... Dead. A comatose <laughs> on my couch. So it's like, oh, well, then clearly that was just me being idle. If, on the other hand, you know, you're watching, if you found yourself on a day off, like the your wife and the girls were somewhere doing something, if they had been able to go on a vacation, but you couldn't because of work, you had to miss part of it or whatever. And so you're at the home by, at home by yourself and you're like, you know what? Just for a little bit, I want to turn on Daredevil. I want to rewatch just a couple episodes. And then as you're watching it, all of a sudden, you realize, oh, this is the second time Netflix has asked me if I'm still watching. I've <laughs> definitely watched more episodes than I intended to. But if anyone wants to talk to me about what happened in any of those episodes, boy, howdy, can I lay it out for you. Right. Assuming that that didn't get in the way of any of the things you were supposed to do, like you didn't realize nine hours later, oh, shoot, I haven't eaten anything today. <laughs> Oh, my, my dogs are now dying from dehydration because I haven't given them any more water and it's 115 degrees. Like, yeah. if, but as long as those things aren't happening, you yeah, the, could, if it's a one-time deal. Right. I think, like most things, the difference between poison and medicine is normally dose. That's what I was just about to say. And you can kind of tell by the, the outcome. You know, does it energize uh-huh. you or does it or drain you even more, you know, like uh, something that's leisure for you would be energizing. Like after were you doing it, you'd feel refreshed, feel recharged. You'd feel a little bit better. Even if you just had a little bit more brain space, you might still be stressed, but you would have a little bit of clarity. Whereas if you were doing something idle, you tend to feel worse. Mm -hmm. Not, I don't know. I'm not going to use the word depressed. Lethargic. Drained. Yeah. Lethargic. There might even be like some shame wrapped into it that you're like, Oh, I can't believe I just wasted that time. You beat yep. yourself up and you have a pity party, things like that. Those those are all things that come from the negative cycle of idleness versus the positive cycle of leisure. So exactly. really quick, as we go, head into life lessons, why don't we do what is your idleness trap, your preferred leisure activity, and then your life lesson? Okay, so idleness trap is the PlayStation 4 I've got sitting in my bedroom <laughs> because... 
the games that I play are either sports games where it's really easy to find myself playing like a full basketball season or a baseball season or something like that without noticing how much time has gone past. Or I'm playing RPGs. Like I really like the Kingdom Hearts series. Yep, yep. Or the the Skyrim game that's been out for a while now. Like it's not new, but they're just so expansive. And a lot of them, there's not actually any point where they have to end. And so it's really easy for me to get sucked way too deep into those. (laughs) My best leisure activity, honestly, for me... The best leisure activity, the ideal one, is me and one or two friends sitting around and either watching or reading something and then discussing it. Mm, Like my favorite part of going to movies is when you're hanging out in the parking lot afterwards because you all came in separate cars and you're not ready to leave yet because you've got another hour worth of processing to do on this movie you've just watched. Mm -hmm. That's delightful. I love that. That is good. Life lesson. Honestly, the life lesson, I'm going to come back to that whole, the difference between medicine and poison is dose. Because I don't want anyone to think that we're coming on here and telling them that their hobbies, even if their hobbies are video games and things like that, I'm not here to tell you your hobby is dangerous and a problem. But at the same time, we've got to be aware of our dosage on these things. Because anything that grows out of its normal scope out of its appropriate scope is going to be dangerous for us and especially with things that involve kind of monopolizing our senses like when you're watching and listening and doing all of this at the same time and even your touch is involved in video games not so much in tv but in video games even your touch is involved as you're hopping around on the controller and everything like that it's really really easy for that to become kind of an all-consuming reality. Right. And so make sure you're keeping it in check. Hmm. Good point. Good point. Man, I'm sitting here thinking on my idleness, and I can't think of an idleness that I struggle with, to be honest with you. Because I I am a generally anxious person, and so I don't I don't sit still for very long. So like we watched a movie with the girls this weekend and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm after that I I have to get up, I have to go do something. So I'm like unloading the dishwasher and crap like that. So like I don't sit still for very long unless I'm super engaged in something like you said a dinner conversation or something like that, but right. So I'm I actually struggle with the opposite as I tend to burn out versus fair be lazy. So like I'm on the opposite spectrum of of, of that part, but my leisure activity what I need for that is it's actually camping or the beach, something in nature. Okay. And I, so I find that it takes me, I've, I've like almost calculated it. It takes me one full day away from demands to decompress. And then another day for me to relax. And then the third day I can actually enjoy myself. Like that's how tightly I'm wound. And so, wow. yeah, we have it figured out. So like when we go to San Diego, it's three days Otherwise, going to the beach doesn't help me. It just stresses me out more because I, I got there, but I didn't get to enjoy it. So, like, gotcha. going, going camping, though, like, I can get out there and I have tasks to do. Like, it's not idleness because if I'm idle, then I don't have firewood and I get cold. <laughs> so, but it's physical work, but it's quiet and it's focused and you don't have the same level of stress and demands on it. So, it's really just going out and setting up. Like, I, we go camping with my family, but my favorite is, like, I went... 
camping with Brooklyn. It was just the two of us. We did an overnight yeah. through up the camp, and like there was no demands. Me and her, we stomped in the creek, grilled some sausages, went to bed, got up, came home. Like it, something like that, where you're away from the noise and the stimulus of the city. That's oh, definitely that's me. So like because I'm such anxious, I need to go somewhere that isn't anxious, which is nature, and then I can right. come back into the world. Very cool. For the life lesson, my thought is that you have to know yourself. Like you have to look at yourself and understand the difference in you, what is idle and what is leisure. So it is very different for everybody. Like like you just said, watching episodes of Daredevil can be leisure because you're a writer and you're analyzing their plot structure and their character development and all of those things. So that can be leisure for you. And then for other people, it can be total idleness. And they have to go yep. read Chronicles of Narnia or something like that. They have to go read a book because the words on the page is what stimulates their mind. Or they have to go cook because the use of their hands mixed with creativity or, or reading a recipe, the structure of the recipe, so they don't have to feel the demands. They're just following instructions. You know, everybody, everybody's leisure activity, that hobby uh, that you get to work on is different. I think it's super important that you find out what that is for you. Like cooking has always kind of been that for me. It's been yeah. like a creative outlet. Like when I was really stressed, like I remember somebody gave me, uh, a friend gave me frustrating news and I was mad. And so I went, I was mad at him specifically. And so I went and I made an egg sandwich at like 12 o'clock and then gave it to him because I was frustrated. I didn't know what to do. So, but like <laughs> cooking was a creative outlet. It was a process. I didn't have to think my brain could process while my body was working and so that's, right. you know, I lean into roasting and all that stuff here. And so I think knowing yourself and knowing that leisure activity is super important and it's good for your mental health as we go through life. Like if you don't have that, go get it. It's important. Absolutely, man. Well said. Cool. Anything else on your brain? Nope. That'll do it for me. Right on. All right. With that, we'll say adieu. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to another Inkledoo podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. We really enjoyed making it. If you did enjoy it, please do us a favor and make sure to share it on all your own social media so that other people can find us and enjoy us as well. I'm just going to start that one over. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. We're you here. can start it over. I'm still using the first one. <laughs> That's fine. I'm totally good with all of that. <laughs>